So, I don't know about you, but it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on around us these days. Right? A lot of stuff. What kind of stuff, Pastor Norm? Well, the kind of stuff that makes you fear. And today I wanted to talk a little bit about that. I, I, and by the way, if I said to you that I was going to teach on the Holy Spirit, forgive me, it's coming. It will get here. It will get here. <laughs> but I'm trying to be obedient, and I'm also building this uh, little series on the Holy Spirit as we speak. So eventually God's going to say, okay, it's time. But in the meantime... Fear not. What is that? Isaiah what? 41.10. And I don't know if that's an actual tattoo, but uh, I think it's pretty cool. I like that. What do you fear? Oh, come on. I'll just quit now then. Really? That's it. You fear God. Later I'm going to say... There's only one thing you should fear, and what is that? God. What do you fear? There are people who fear heights. What's that called? Acrophobia. Acrophobia. Others like to, well, not like to, others fear, Pastor Barb, Spiders. Arachnophobia. For some, they have a fear of public speaking. I liked this one because it's, it's like the original Greek. Glossophobia. Glossolalia. Get it? Yeah. How, how many of you are like that? I am. I hate getting up here. <laughs> you laugh. I'm being truthful with you. Every week I go through it, it's like, oh good, I get to speak again in front of everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for calling me. Some fear girls or women. Now, when I was a kid, oh my. Marty, you're right there, man. You're, you're feeling this, aren't you? I would want to talk, just talk to a girl for crying out loud. Just, just say hi. And that's about what it was like to, hi, <laughs> back then. <laughs> Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. My name's Norm. What's yours? But getting there, my heart, oh my gosh, I turned I would look, Darren, I would look like your shirt, man, my face. It would just be red. And I would try, and, and my knees would shake, and why? I don't get it, but it, there's actually a phobia for it. Mysophobia. No, that's not it. Gynophobia. Sorry, there it is. Mysophobia is what? Fear of germs. Is there somebody here that's like that? <laughs> Don't raise your hand. I know who you are. Did you know that there's a fear of dying? Thanatophobia. That's a long one. 
There's a fear of failing exams. Guess what that's called? Testophobia. Who said that? You knew that? That's good. That's good. Yeah, and it's, it's actually also known as exam fever. So it's a real thing. Some people uh, go to take tests and they just lock up because of that. For another, it's the fear of any type of failure. Atichophobia. That's a big one because, you know, many of us don't do anything because we're afraid we will fail. And you'll give an account for that. You need to overcome that fear. You need to overcome all these, but this is a big one because I believe it, it can hold all of us back. When you're not willing to step into that zone that God has called you into. And listen, Jesus said you can do all things. Actually, Paul said it about Jesus. But you can do all things. Who? Through Christ. Who gives you your strength. So it doesn't matter what God challenges you to do. If it's public speaking, <laughs> do it. Even if you're afraid to do it, week after week after week after week, for crying out loud, you've got to be kidding me. I'm just thankful I'm married and I don't have to go to another woman and say, Hi, my name's Norm. <laughs> you took care of that. I love you, honey. She's back there shaking her head. Really. I'll hear about it later. Finally, and I'll end with this one. This is a fear of getting a disease, nosophobia. Can anyone say coronavirus? Yeah, coronavirus. Coronavirus. Okay, there's one more. This is personal. The fear of the stock market collapsing. <laughs> you know, every week, and, and, and the older we get, the closer we get to retirement, I think the little bit we got is... <sighs> like, Lord. Uh, you know what? Does it do any good to worry? Or be fearful? What does that do? It locks us up. Here's the definition of what it means to fear. And I, I love this. The Ox, Oxford Dictionary is the old one. You know, it's, it's kind of the way back one. And I, I liked the definition, so I used it. So the Ox, Oxford Dictionary defines fear as... Read it with me. An unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. We don't like pain. We still go to the dentist, though, don't we? Why? Because there's other kinds of pain that could be even worse if we don't, right? We don't like danger usually, although some of you guys probably live for it. June, I think you're a danger. Yeah, you're, you're, just, you're just it. But most of us tend to live life kind of in the neutral zone, right? And we don't like threats. Coming after you, man.
Do you like that? You're probably one of those that likes it. Yeah, come on, bring it. I could take you, Pastor. <laughs> I don't like to be threatened. I don't like pain. I don't like danger, usually. Unless it's the danger of catching a big fish. You know, like a pike. With teeth. That's kind of dangerous. Belief. I want you to catch that. Most of our fear takes place in our noggins. We believe it to be true. We, we believe that that thing is a danger to us. To those who believe their fears, whatever fear that might be, and it could be any one of those lists that I gave or something even different because there are other fears, those, fear are as, those fears are as real as you and me sitting here. In their mind, that thing could take them out at any minute. It's their worst nightmare. I guess last night I must have been dreaming, and I don't think it had anything to do with this message, but my wife said I just started yelling. <laughs> and usually when I do that, she ducks and kind of gets out of the way because usually that means I'm about to start swinging. I fight in my dreams. You know, I can't do it in real life, so. But sometimes she gets the brunt of it, and, and uh, every now and then she talks about moving to another bedroom so she doesn't have to worry about that. Fear can be immobilizing. How many can say amen? amen. It, it can cause you. Have you ever woken up from a nightmare where you couldn't move? I mean, you, whatever it was, the devil, an alligator biting you, whatever, you felt like that thing was so real that you were just, ah! And then you woke up. And then what'd you do? You went, it wasn't real. Huh? Anybody else? Am I the only one that that ever happens to? It wasn't real. Now, obviously, there are some things you need to fear. Not necessarily fear, but respect. If God is with you, who can be against you? I'll share that again later. But listen to me. As people of God, we should not fear the things around us. Whether it's the coronavirus, influenza A or influenza B, or whatever. But too many Christians fall back as a result of their fears. They're held back even. I think that's a better way to put it. And I'd like to suggest that fear is useless for those who believe that Jesus Christ is king. As I see it, fear is a tool in the devil's hand. He's the one that tries to get us to fear, whatever that might be. You know, maybe it's God says to you, listen, I want you to go talk to that young person over there and just ask them how they're doing and if there's anything that you can pray with them about. And what do you immediately do? You must be talking to somebody else. 
Lord? Because I ain't moving. And that's just an example. It might be something even easier to do that you still lock up, you still freeze up. Satan uses these things to immobilize us. Why? So he can prevent us from being able to carry out the things that God wants you and I to carry out for his kingdom. There are things he needs done, and he wants to use us, but too many of us fear making that commitment. Ooh, I should have had that up there. I bet there's probably a phobia for that one, a fear of commitment. None of us should fear commitment. In fact, I, I think God gave his all for us. We ought to be willing to say, okay, Lord, whatever, I'm here for you. Whatever you want me to do, whatever ministry you want me to be involved in, whether it's in the church or out in the community, if you want me to go someplace, if you want me to be a missionary in the, the islands of Indonesia, so what? So be it. I'll go, Lord. And we need to be willing to make that kind of commitment. But too many of us say, oh, wait, no, oh, mm, not me. You know who you're talking to? Yeah, a weak person without Christ. But with Christ, we can do all things. Say that. All things. What can't you do? So does God call the weak person to do some of these things? Yeah, they're the most... They give God the most glory because they didn't have that talent to begin with. When somebody that said, I can't do it, does it, in Jesus' name, God gets the glory. Not that person. But it takes us being willing to resign that fear of whatever is causing us to fear. The prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 41.10, that's what you saw up on this guy's arm a minute ago. It says, so do not fear. And this is the Lord speaking through Isaiah. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Do you know that you can stand on the Scriptures, the promises of God, as though they are yes and amen in Christ? So when you start to fear that thing, whatever it is, whatever God's challenging you to do next, get this out. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Say that with me. Do not fear, for I am with you. Who's with you? God. When you go to school, and God tells you before you eat your lunch, bow your head and pray. You don't have to pray out loud. People know what you're doing. And you think in your head, well... Maybe I'll just do it real quick. Lord bless you for the name. Well, it's a start. <laughs> but what if God is trying to get you to do that 
How many have ever worked with people for years and then all of a sudden you realized they were Christian too? There's strength in numbers. How many of you kids know that when you're in school or in the workplace, you bow your head, you are likely to have somebody come up to you and say, hey, you a believer? And it, it will draw you to, you won't even know that they were, which is sad, but true today. Because so many of us fear openly confessing Jesus as Lord. But by doing something that simple, by being obedient to God in your workplace, and I don't think anybody's going to jump on you for bowing your heads. If they do, they are truly infringing on your constitutional rights. But I don't think that'll happen. Something else that might happen, and this happened to one of my sons, he stood up for Christ, and when the football team, the football players that he was on the team with, when they had a spiritual need, they went to my son. Because he bowed his head to Jesus in public. He didn't fear what men were going to do to him or say about him. In fact, many made fun of him, but those very same people who made fun of him one day would come to him the next. My mom and dad are getting divorced. What do I do? And he would speak life into them and he would pray with them. It's important, folks. Isaiah 43.1 is a similar passage, just a couple chapters later. But now this is what the Lord says. Who created you? He who created you, Jacob. He who formed you, Israel. Listen, I know this is talking about the Israelites and about Jacob, but we are grafted in. It's our lineage too. And he said this, he said, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. And I put the highlight there, do not, say that with me, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. In that last little line, every time I read it, I, I, I feel something inside of me. You are mine. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. That's God. You know, when we worship today, I was in the back. I was I was jumping in. I wanted more today. I got it. But while I was back there, God's looking down from heaven saying, hey, there's Clarence. And Clarence, I was messing with you when I said I was going to cover you up. I love watching you worship. There's Norm in the back. There's Deborah. Right? You love to worship. And God says, you are mine. What do we have to fear? Mike, if Michael got into trouble, any kind of danger, and you knew about it, what would you do? You, you would go to any length to protect that young man, wouldn't you? We're talking about the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the master of the universe. He said, you are mine. What do we have to fear? 
One of the scriptures says, if God is for you, what can man do to you? Nothing. <laughs> Woo! I love it. If you have been redeemed, if you're born again, twice born, I like that. If you are twice born, you have confessed Jesus as Lord, you have said, Lord, forgive me of my sins, make me a new person, you are no longer under the curse of the law, and you have been redeemed. And God says, you are mine. And listen, there's not a lot of stuff, because many of us, especially as Americans, we don't like this, this holding on to stuff. We don't like that ownership. But this is one case where it's okay. It's okay for God to own me. I like that. I'll let him own me, because I know what it means. It means, first of all, that I am royalty. And so are you. It also means that our names have been written into the Lamb's Book of Life, which means when this ticker gives out or when we're raptured, whichever comes first, we are going to be in heaven with God forever. What do we have to fear? Nothing. What do we have to gain? Everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Granted, all this stuff may come against us, and much of it makes me nervous. Excuse me for a minute. But I should not fear it. Whatever it is, knocking at our door, I should not fear it. How many knew that when Paul wrote the book of 1 and 2 Timothy, or the books, he was actually addressing a fear in young Timothy. He was trying to get the young man to see that, listen, God called you. What are you worried about? Yes, you have been asked to pastor this church. However, the weight isn't on you. It's on God. Just do what he's told you to do. Use the gift that he put in you and let God be God. That's certainly a big paraphrase. But I wanted to just read quickly from 2 Timothy. Oops, should have put that up. Do not fear. 2 Timothy 1.7. This is uh, the New King James. I just liked it because it actually has the word fear. Most translations uh, change it to timidity. So I wanted to get the fear in there. For God has not given us a spirit. Read this with me. Come on. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's good news. No matter what you're facing, what phobia you may have, or phobias for some of you, this rings true. God has not given you a spirit of fear. If you've got that today, it is not, I emphasize it, it is not from God. What's the other option? Who is it from? Hello? I already said it. It's a tool in his hand to keep you and me from doing what God has called us to do. 
We are called to advance the kingdom. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them all these things that I have shown you and commanded you. That's His promise to us. In the end, all of us win. But right now, some of us are facing fears that are causing us to give up or to to be immobilized, to be frozen in that place. When Paul wrote this, he was addressing a fear of leading in young Timothy. And I want to tell you, that's a real thing. I have, I have experienced, is it alright if I'm honest with you guys? I have experienced that very thing. What is it? When you carry the weight of leadership, everything rests on you. Years ago, I was a, a children's pastor, and I, I had 300 volunteers working with me. I had seven people on my staff, because we had like 3,000 kids. But here's the thing. I didn't worry too much about it. Because I wasn't the lead pastor, I was an associate pastor. The lead pastor made all the big decisions, so I just had fun. And then God called me to be a lead pastor, and I thought, oh, how much harder can that be? I was already doing it. And as soon as I put that, that mantle on, the weight of it was crushing because it was like all of a sudden everybody's relying on me. Hey, Pastor Norm, what, where is this? What do you got to do here? Why do we need to do that? What are you doing here? What are we supposed to do over there? Where do you want us to go? Ah! There's a weight. And then you get people that come in that sneak in and in, is wolves in sheep's clothing and they start... And that's what was happening with Timothy. He was young, he was immature, and he didn't know what to do with the people. And there were a lot of them. Some of them started to plant seeds of deception, plant false doctrine into the church. And Paul was saying, Timothy, step up, man. Stop fearing these people and do what I've called you to do. Lead those people. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. The TNAV says about the same thing, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but he gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Now, notice though here it says, for the spirit of God. The Spirit of God gave us. All of us need the Holy Spirit. From the minute you're born again, He takes up residence in you. And I believe that there is another infilling if you go after it called the baptism in the Spirit. We all need that relationship with His holiness with His Highness, with God. And He wants to live in you and me. With Him in you, there's no need to be timid. 
because he's given you power and love and self-discipline. Does that sound like somebody that's cowering under the sheets? You ever done that? I have. (laughs) I was younger. I haven't done it since I was an adult. But I remember as a kid, I heard something outside, and I'm like, (gasps) throw the cover over me, and I'm like, I'm thinking it's fine, you know. Hey, I'm safe. (laughs) Whatever. What's that sheet going to do? Really? It's going to see me in there going. (laughs) Thankfully, it was nothing. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit that God gave us should make us courageous, should fill us with power and love and self-control, meaning that nothing in this life should shake us up. By the way, I've said this once. It bears witness again. Where does this fear battle rage in our mind? That's why you see here, self-discipline, sound mind. It's the same thing. We have control over this. We have control. We can say to our mind, you have no business causing me to fear this. And I have no business fearing you. The mind is a powerful thing. And listen to me. If Satan can convince your mind, you'll never get off of that. You'll never break that addiction. You're mine and you will be until the day you die. That's a lie. A lie straight from the pits of hell. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And you and I need to fight back. Now, I just wanted to jump back and look at the previous verse here. Verse 6. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, in this case, Paul laid hands on Timothy And the instruction is, fan that into flames. But I want you to understand something. The more you go after the Holy Spirit, have you, how many have a fireplace? And you burn wood, all right? Or something that's combustible. Bill, do you have a bellows? You just blow on it? (laughs) Oh, yours is gas. Oh, okay. Well, you, you broke, you're out of it. All right, so we still have a fireplace insert, and every now and then we like to see that thing go. And we put some little wood bricks in there, or wood, whatever. But it never wants to go very well at the start, and and you have to kind of get it, stoke it, you know. So we've got this thing called bellows. You know what they are? I should have brought them. Because it's a lot easier than, than having to go. Have you tried that too? You know what I'm talking about, right? And after about a minute, you're going, I need to work out. Right? But with the bellows, I mean, you don't have to work out. You just have to be able to do this motion. Bellows versus bellows wins. All right, you get a lot more air, and eventually what happens is that little ember that started 
gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and eventually it's a full-blown fire. He, Paul, is telling Timothy, fan into flames this gift that God put in you. What's the gift? Him! The Holy Spirit for crying out loud. Because when God is in you, really in you, nothing around you is ever going to make you fear. You're going to be going, ha, whatever. Whatever comes at you, ha, whatever. Bring it on, like we were talking earlier. Bring it on. I got this. We got this, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was the Holy Spirit in Timothy that replaced his fear with power, love, and a sound mind. And it's the Holy Spirit and the gifts he's given you that you fan into flames as you get real with God and let him take over. Can I get a good amen? amen. Got fear? Get filled with God's Spirit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little thing here in a minute, but I want to read this first. This is a really powerful passage, and there are a couple of verses in here that we usually pluck out, but the whole thing is amazing. So I hope you don't mind. I'm going to read this real quick. We've still got plenty of time. Romans 8, 31 to 39. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? Here's one of them. If God is for us, who can be against us? Say that with me. If God is for us, who can be against us? That's a promise that you can hang on your refrigerator or your bathroom mirror when you get up in the morning. When those, wherever you see the fears, wherever they confront you the most, remember this. If God is for me, who can be against me? Moving on, 32. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? So is God going to hold something back from you? He's already given you his best. He'll take care of the situation. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? Here's another one. No one, for Christ died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Jesus is up there right now praying for you and me. This pastor, I'd step into this pulpit, scared to death most weeks, not wanting to get up here, and God says, Norm, just do it, I've got you. And, and when he begins to speak through me, which I hope you can tell the difference, something happens. Something happens. Jesus is praying for us right now. And that's really what helps me to get here. All right? Verse 35, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? You've got to get this part. For some of you, you fear just about everything there is, but the only thing that matters is this right here. God loves you. Say it with me. God loves me. Say it. Make, make, come on, make it personal. God loves me. All right? So, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? 
Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with, with death? Too many people feel like, oh, God's left me because you have to go through a struggle. But where do we bring glory to his name the most? As we go through these trials, people see that and they go, man, I can't believe you went through that and you didn't cuss and you didn't beat people up and yada, yada, yada. Hey, it's not me, man. It's the strength of God. The Holy Spirit lives in me and He's empowered me. He's empowered me to do these things to His glory. As the Scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. Another one. Verse 37, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I put it in red. Read that. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours in Christ who loved us. Not just victory. Overwhelming victory. That means there's nothing left of your enemy. He's under my feet. But too many of us, knowing this, we still let him have his way. And I'm talking about the devil. He's got no business in your life. He's got no business controlling you. Finally, beginning with verse 38, I'll finish up. And I am convinced that nothing, nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Listen, we have got to remember this. Because too often, this is the tool that the devil says, you went too far this time, my pretty. Okay, that's somebody else. But you get that. I always, when I was a kid and I first heard that, it scared me. I mean, I was like, man, she reminded me of one of my teacher's. Hey, this is elementary, okay? This is a long time ago. He tries to convince us we've gone too far. The only time we've gone too far is when we don't come back. That's when we've gone too far. Nothing can separate us from God's love. And then he goes through the list. Neither death, nor life, Neither angels nor demons, neither our fears, hello, can separate us from the love of God. Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. He covers it. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. If this passage doesn't rev you up, then something is missing in your life, Christian. Because this is a promise spoken through the Apostle Paul to the church, and it's for us today. Live for me. You've got nothing to fear. I've given you all power, all love, self-discipline. There's no reason that you should be controlled by fear. Can cancer separate you from Jesus' love? No. 
Can those who hate you and persecute you? No. Can the stock market crash keep you from Jesus? You just think it is. No. Can the fact that your spouse wants a divorce keep you from the love of Jesus? No. Can anything keep you from Jesus? No. That's good news. We have nothing to fear. I don't know if you remember this, but when Harry and Cheryl Salem were here last year, Harry said this. He said, when the devil comes knocking at your door, tell him, just a minute, Jesus will answer it for me. Knowing that the devil is behind our fears, I've kind of changed that just a little bit. When fear comes knocking, remind it of who you are in Christ. You've got nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. I like how the New King James puts Romans 8.37. It says, We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Read that with me. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. The good news is getting even better. When you begin to feel fear rise up, repeat these verses. And these are all from the New Testament. I'd like to just go back for a second just to uh, Joshua 1.9 in the Old Testament. And it says this, this is the TNIV again. It says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, some of you old people here, older people here, this should be our slogan, right? You probably remember this. Be strong. Be bold. For the Lord your God is with you. Huh? Right? We're going to sing this at the end. But I'm going to warn you right now that I have this thing going on with my left ear, which is my good ear. So if I'm yelling at you or sing out a tune and the, and the cats and dogs start howling, make a joyful noise as unto the Lord. <laughs> and the only reason I'm going to do this at the end is because I want you to leave here today with this. It's one of those elevator songs that'll stick in your craw. And by the end of the week, you're going to go, that doggone pastor, what do you have to teach that me? No, I can't get it out of my head. Well, it's a good thing because, as you'll see in a minute, it relates to this very verse. Joshua 1.9. What do you fear? I said this earlier, what should you and I fear? And somebody jumped right on it. God. Do you know that there are over 200 passages that talk about the fear of the Lord? It's healthy for us. And the one verse I just grabbed, oops, the one verse I grabbed was this. Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom, humility, precedes honor. I shouldn't have said it quite that fast. So the first part, fear of the Lord teaches wisdom, humility precedes honor. So should we fear the Lord? And that's not like us going, he's going to smash me. He's got the hammer. It's not like that. It's respecting Him for who He is. He's called us to a higher place. He's challenged us to live for Him. 
He's given us everything we need to do so. It's up to us how we honor God with this. It's up to us. Fear should never control you because the Holy Spirit lives in you. You have the power. You have the love of God. You have a sound mind, praise the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have this. Hello? You don't sound very convinced. Read it with me. Because the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have the power, you have the love of God, you have a sound mind. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. So replace your fear with a strong faith in God. And I'm just about ready to conclude. We all need this, but the Word of God is what we want to capitalize on always because it builds our faith. So when I say these things, and I'm just throwing a few scriptures in, when I say these things, I'm talking about you getting in God's Word, grabbing onto these promises, some of them which I've shared today, and others. You know, the Holy Spirit will show you if there's something in your life that you need to address. He will give you a scripture or two or three that will help you with this. And when the devil comes a-knocking, all you got to do is quote those uh, scripture passages and say, uh-uh. No way, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Take God at His word. I am more than a conqueror, Romans 8.37. No weapon formed against me will prosper, Isaiah 54.17. God is with me and, I will, and will never leave me, Hebrews 13.5. And many of these are quotes from the Old Testament. Nothing can separate me from His love. We just read that whole passage, Romans 8, 35 to 39. You know what I love is when I see Jeff take a picture of this. Because I do the same thing. I thank God for phones. But it reminds me, I can go back later and I can write it down or just apply it to my heart. You know, when you read something out loud, it sticks. It's a lot different than reading it internally. And... If you're trying to run the devil off, you want to say that thing what? Out loud. What's he got to fear if you're saying it on the inside? You get vocal. Be bold. Be strong. For the Lord your God is with you. And I want to tell you something. (laughs) You start doing this, the devil ain't going to like you. In fact... You're going to get him to the place where he's going to fear you. Keep making confessions like this and your fears will flee. Conclusion. Latch on to God's promises and replace your fears with your faith. Consequently, Faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ.
How many fear something? Stand up with me. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. You need to replace your fear with faith. That's what this is saying. <laughs> Did your iPad turn on? Oops, that's all right. I love you enough to forgive you this, this time. Just don't ever let it happen. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> As I was finishing this up, I felt like the Lord gave me a prayer. And what I want to do today is this. I want you to take whatever that fear is, and many of you raise your hand, I have a fear. I want you to, to say that in place of, see that name fear thing. Can you read it? It's kind of gone off on the edge, but. I feel like, this is a confession of faith right here. And sometimes just saying something out loud is enough to challenge. It gets it between the heart and the head, which is what many of us need to do here. Listen, God's already in you, but you've got to realize that. and You've got to be convinced in your spirit. And when this stuff starts coming at you, whatever it is, the fear of heights, the fear of failure, whatever, this is what you need to do is just stick, it, stick that fear in there and say, you know what, I'm not dealing with this. So I want to, would you say this with me today? Fear, I'm putting you on notice. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus who loved me. That means you, whatever that fear is, I'm going to say it out loud, public speaking, You have no control over me. You are conquered in Jesus' name. You will no longer rule me or cause me to fear. And I threw this last part in. Get behind me, Satan. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I just want to thank Karen for giving me the extra time today because the worship got over early. So we have uh, a song I'd like to try to sing with you. Here it is. Be bold, be strong. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. I am not afraid. I am not dismayed because I'm walking in Who knows this song? I can't say that fast enough. Because I'm walking in faith and victory. Come on and walk in faith and victory. For the Lord, your God, is with you. One more time. Be bold. Be strong. For the Lord your God is with you. Be bold. Be strong. For the Lord your God is with you. I am not afraid. 
I am not dismayed because I'm walking in faith and victory. Come on and walk in faith and victory for the Lord your God is with you. How many got it? This is one of those choruses from the 80s that they used to sing every Sunday. And I dreaded it when it came out, but today it's perfect. And I couldn't believe how many didn't know it, including somebody who was leading the worship today. Because she's so young that it was way beyond her portfolio. Oh, now you remember it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she remembered when she was two. Her dad sang it in his church. Yep, yep. Subliminally, it's coming back. Subconsciously. Let's do it one more time. Be bold. Be strong. For the Lord your God is with you. Be bold. Be strong. For the Lord your God is with you. I am not afraid. I am not dismayed. Because I'm walking in faith and victory. Come on and walk in faith and victory. For the Lord our God is with you. Let me just conclude with this, and then I'll, I'll pray a, a, a final prayer. If you have a need today, I'd be up here afterwards. Uh, Rosemary, if, do you have a prayer partner today? She'll be up here. Could you, you guys uh, have a, a nice song ready to play softly? And, uh, and then I'll just let you guys go. You know, again, when you go out there, just remember, we're victorious. We're more than conquerors. Nothing should cause us to fear. That doesn't mean you shouldn't respect. It's like heat. You don't stick your hand on a, a hot plate or whatever. I mean, that would just be stupid. you got to respect that. You have to respect the devil. He's real. Some people try to convince us he's not, but I want to tell you something. He is real, and he's, he's eating people's lunches today. It's got to stop. All right? We are more than conquerors through Christ who gives us our strength. And we need to go out of here in victory today. So be strong, be bold. Heavenly Father, again, we love you. We thank you for this message that you've given us today. And Lord, we just pray just all week, just let it gel in us. Help us to face front on whatever fears we might have. God, that we would get the victory over those things that would set us free. As, as the sun sets us free, indeed we are free. And Lord, I pray for each one here today. If there's anything they're struggling with, God, just deliver them from it. Show them the words that they need to profess, the promises that are yes and amen in Christ. And Lord, keep us all safe in our coming and in our going. We love you and we just thank you for everything you're doing in this church. And everybody said, Amen. amen. God bless you. Again, we'll be up here if you need prayer.